Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Big Apple School podcast, where the goal of this show is to help you improve your English through your listening skills. My name is Benjamin. I'm from London, and today I'm joined by three guests. Our first guest today is Ken from the Philippines. Our second guest is Katya, and last but not least, Ur from Turkey. Excellent. And today's topic is going to be visas and immigration. So let's get started with our first question. So. What are some of the main reasons as to why people choose to immigrate to other countries? Why did we all immigrate to Russia? Well, maybe not Katya. What? <laughs> But well, she's a local. Why did we immigrate to Russia? And do we would we call ourselves immigrants in Russia? May I ask you a quick question first, please? So uh, when I was looking through like the plan and you know what we were going to talk about, I noticed two words: an immigrant and an expat. Right. Can you first of all explain the difference between the two? Yeah, sure. So it's actually kind of a controversial thing now because expats. Well, I could technically say I'm an expat here in in Russia,、um, whereas in England you would call people who move from other countries that are not English speaking countries. You would call them immigrants.、Um, expats are basically people from the English speaking world who move to other countries. So there is a Some people dislike this because they feel that maybe this there's some racism involved. Other people, yeah, don't don't really think it's that big of a deal.、Um, but yeah, it's, there's a little debate around this subject. So basically, expats for people from the English speaking world, immigrants from non English speaking world. Really, that's yeah, rather that. interesting because、yeah. what I found out、yeah. is,、uh, expat short for expatriate、yeah. is anyone who lives and works. In a country that is not of their citizenship, citizenship. yeah, that's why. Yeah, more.、Um, it is. It is. It is temporarily.、Yeah. Although it is, it is also possible if you renounce your citizenship, you can also be、um, referred to as an、uh, expat. Yeah. However,、um, in terms of、uh, being an immigrant, it's、mm-hmm. more of on a permanent basis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you can be an American expat in the UK. For instance. So wait. So that means that an expat is someone who is temporarily, <laughs> live,、uh, well, living in another country, whereas I, an immigrant is someone who plans to settle down、no. in that country and. Get, I'm not actually sure if if temporary or permanent status is is taken into consideration here. That at least I don't feel that.、Um, maybe there is a more official definition, but the way I've understood it to be is that yeah, people from the English speaking world, if they move out of their、um, home country. Then, yeah, then they're technically an expat. Whereas the immigrant is just someone from the non-English speaking world who moves to any other country. Can we just use those terms interchangeably today? <laughs> well, I guess, I guess maybe I could. Well, I would definitely call myself. I could call myself an expat or an immigrant in in Russia. Yeah, isn't it, it? That's interesting because I see myself more as an expat, like a Filipino、yeah. expat in yeah. Russia. Yeah, but I wouldn't. Personally, consider myself an immigrant because it has this underlying meaning that I want to live here permanently. Or,、mm-hmm. like, yeah, think, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is、uh, not the case, at least not right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I want to live here. <laughs> so then I'm. Oh yeah, we've、yeah. heard about your dreams to get a Jaguar. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Buy a Dacia.、So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a migrant and immigrant here in in Russia. You should、so. have been born in a different country, I think. Really, <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> okay. okay, so yeah, why do people choose to immigrate to different countries? Just general reasons. Money. 
yep, money, money yep. comfort zone, changing comfort uh-huh. zones. Mm-hmm. Yep. What else? Um, experience a different culture. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Freedom. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. Freedom and climate. I'd say for sure. Some people want to move to a warmer country, and yeah, other and people- someone like like you guys <laughs> decided to punish ourselves. <laughs> decided to come to Siberia. Well, yeah. to be honest, the summer here is actually gorgeous. It's lovely yeah, yeah. over here. So it's yeah. Well, as is the British. I would say Siberian summer, British summer. They're kind of similar. They're pretty muggy and hot. Yeah. Mm. So okay. All right. Well. Hmm. Can you name any famous immigrants or expats? I would say uh, Albert Einstein. I mean, oh, yeah. during you know World War II, in order for him mm. to escape, then he moved to America and he eventually became uh, an American citizen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of difficult to you know come up with names, names. because sometimes you know you don't even know that these people are immigrants or expats mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. someone. Well, America obviously is an immigrant nation. The, the country was formed oh, by yeah, people migrating right. to to the states, and that's why everyone in America has like a huge range of different last names. Oh, yeah, America is like a melting pot. pot yeah. yeah, exactly. But nowadays, I guess you wouldn't call people who live in America immigrants unless they are first generation immigrants, mm. mm-hmm. because people have settled and had yeah had generations living in america whereas back in the early 20th century 19th century people would come from all across the world um italy mm-hmm. china Island. yeah right. from, mm-hmm. from everywhere oh uh, and um somebody else came to my mind if you know nadia Comaneci, mm-hmm. she's a romanian gymnast mm-hmm. well obviously you know from romania and then moved to the united states and yep. yeah mm-hmm well, yeah, and did she and um, did she speak English before she came to America? Well, um, n- yes, but not so well. But yeah. now, of course, she speaks um, very well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although you can still hear her, you know, native Romanian accent. Yeah, and yeah, I'm quite fascinated as to how she learned English um, to a high level because a lot of people live in America and don't even speak English, mm-hmm. which is which is quite interesting. Well, because, you know, they surround themselves with, uh, you know, experts or immigrants just like them. Their own community. Like, yeah, they live in this room. diaspora. Yeah. Like, if you go to Brighton Beach in New York City, it's stuck in the 90s, basically. But there are a lot of people who don't even speak English. Like, you've lived in New York City for like 10, 15 years. How come? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah no, it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of That's funny. That's why th- that leads us to one problem of immigration, especially, well, I don't know if we're going to touch on that well, we, now. We, we but... are. We're, we're going to talk about the positives and mm. the negatives of, of immigration in, in a few minutes, actually. But well, Br- Brighton Beach, so tell me, tell me more about that because they have a Russian-Ukrainian, um, maybe Belarusian community out there. Can you remember? That's basically a Soviet community. Yeah. So they have uh, people from all over the Soviet, ex-Soviet countries. And what is funny is that it really gives you the feeling that they're stuck in the 90s. Yeah. You know, with the with these signs, the shop signs, yeah. the level of service is just as horrible as it was back then, you know. And they have, it's just so weird because they sell things that were common, you know, in the Soviet era, you know, stupid souvenirs or something like that, all those newspapers. And what is funny is when you come there and you see women wearing fur coats, heels, mm-hmm. lots of gold, you know, like golden rings, mm-hmm. golden earrings, 
Do you like, no, why? No, why? <laughs> yeah. I, I believe it was um, shown in the famous film Bratz, um, Brat Dvar, which, <laughs> but yeah. And which, you know what? It came out in what, 1990 something, like 1995 or something. Nothing has changed. Nothing seems to have changed <laughs> in Brighton Beach <laughs> since then. Well, yes. But it, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I, last time I went there was about, I guess... 10 years no not 10 years ago about five years ago mm. it, it was a real charming place and, <laughs> and another thing well coming back to a similar topic is chinatowns you right chinatowns in almost every major mm. city i love chinatowns because yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. you feel like i mean not like you're in china but you feel like you're almost in in china um do you have a chinatown in turkey in istanbul yeah it, it's kind of a little corner of the main square of Istanbul, but not that big neighborhood kind of thing. Like a couple of shops, couple of like yeah. food stalls kind of thing, mm -hmm. but like four or five of them, that's it. Yeah, I guess it's only usually in big capitals, mm -hmm. usually they have them. Uh, but did you see a Chinatown in Boston, Katia? When oh yeah, I've been there on many occasions just because there are so many cool places to eat and everything. Mm -hmm. um, I've been to Chinatown in uh, Seattle, um washington dc yep. so i love the i love these places they're very vibrant mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. you know there's something about them do you have a chinatown in the philippines actually we have because there are a lot of chinese nationals in my country yeah and in manila we have the biggest chinatown in the country and um actually we go there sometimes for you know cheaper shopping depending yep. on the item of course but um yeah we also love chinese uh, cuisine yeah so, yeah, we, we do have one. Yeah. Well, not one, but several of them. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess, well, moving on to the positives and negatives of immigration. Um, the positive sides, well, Chinatown. I love Chinatowns everywhere. I love going to the all-you-can-eat buffets. Mm -hmm. and, and <laughs> When you say positive sides of uh, immigration, do you mean for the country or for the immigrants themselves? Yeah, you see, that's a good yeah. point because mm -hmm. we have to see which perspective like, we're yeah. mm -hmm. looking at. It's a very, very big subject as mm -hmm. well. It's not It's not like all immigrants are the same. Or of we course. can discuss yeah. both, both yeah. sides. So. Mm -hmm. Well, let's just talk about in, in general. So... Mm -hmm. Obviously, cultural vibrancy. You have exactly Chinatowns, and you go to London. You have all sorts of restaurants, and well, it's not just the restaurants, but yeah, mainly. Well, I mean, um, a lot of countries can benefit from having immigrants because that's new workers, that's people with unique experience, mm -hmm. yeah. and also people who are very often bilingual, mm -hmm. at least. So you know, and these these can be professionals that are much needed in many areas. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, yeah, some industries need, yeah, labor force. No, yeah, yeah, labor force because mm -hmm. some countries are lacking in, um, yeah, lacking immigrants, mm -hmm. um, or lacking workers. Excuse me. So, yeah, um, well, are there a lot of migrants um, to Turkey? They, I guess there are, aren't there? From yeah, nowadays. From, oh, nowadays. Uh, nowadays, yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're suffering from that one. Most yeah. of them are kind of not kind of registered. Yeah. So. They are just trying to pass the border and yep. try to reach the, the capital or well, are Istanbul. These, are these asylum seekers, refugees, or are you talking about immigrants who are it, moving forward? You know what? That's that's all mixed right now. Yeah. No one knows if they are immigrants or refugees and they're mm -hmm. all mixed up. And they, I, I don't think they don't even know about that by themselves. Yep. So, 
I've heard about a problem which was caused by this huge wave of immigration to Turkey that now it's almost impossible to rent a place exactly. for the locals. Because exactly. um, I yeah. have a friend who's um, getting, who's engaged to a Turkish man and she says that they want to find an apartment. Mm-hmm. She says we can't because the prices just skyrocketed, like became exactly. two, three times more expensive. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, this artificial sort of like skyrocketing the prices. It's... Mm-hmm. It, it, it happens because of immigrants in a way. So they try to sell or rent their houses like kind of astronomical prices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is, I think, uh, one of the points of the negative side of immigration. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, we, we were gonna, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're going to move on to that. But um, well, what other positives? So workforce and culture. Cultural diversity. So, yeah, well, I guess, yeah, it, it is cool when you go to a big major city mm-hmm. and you have a lot of different nationalities yeah, yeah it, it can be cool but all right well let's yeah i mean obviously that's nice i, I think it's going to be like both a mix of uh positive and negative right. sides you know while we talk yeah well okay all right so we, we were talking about the inflation of rental prices mm-hmm. well i guess this is happening it, this happens to be honest all over the world and in, in major mm-hmm. cities in in manila do you have a similar phenomena where people from i don't know other islands are moving mm-hmm. yeah well, you know, the good thing about the Philippines, it's we're still a homogeneous country. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I don't think there are a lot of immigrants. I mean, of course, there are uh, immigrants who come to the country yeah. because they're married to Filipinas. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. male, uh, female, Filipino. Yeah. Anyway, so m- mostly for that reason. Or um, some of them, they want to set up their own business. So they own businesses in my mm-hmm. country. Yeah. But then um, they have to marry a local because um, if you're a foreigner, you cannot own a business and have it named after your, yourself. Oh, it has interesting. To be, oh. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's why, um, you know, I know it's kind of like um, uh, questionable sometimes because they would put the name of a Filipino, yeah. but then the real owner is, in mm-hmm. fact, a foreigner. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. to this day, it's still prohibited for a foreigner to own, actually own a business. So even if you have a permanent residence, if you have permanent residency in the Philippines, you can't own a business? Well, unless you become a Filipino citizen. Oh, is well, you know, I think it's kind of protecting local businesses. True. Yeah. So, yeah, so protect. And interesting, and also, of course, you just had a new um, what president elected? Yes, yes. elections. And, yeah, think, which yeah. and so I believe what Sara Duterte, the daughter, she, she will be the new the vice, vice president, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And then the new president, well, Western media call him the son of a dictator, which is not true. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but I, I don't want to sound political, yeah. but yeah. I'm just happy that our new president will be, you know, um, he's open to, of course, foreigners who would like yeah. to eventually immigrate to our country so yeah well, mm-hmm. that's good for foreigners i know mm-hmm. that some countries have these sort of uh business visas you know oh, actually mm-hmm. we're going to talk mm-hmm. all about visas oh, okay. i love yeah. visas <laughs> i love visas <laughs> it's also happening now in turkey yeah, so yeah. a lot of people mm-hmm. listening to this show probably want to hear a lot about visas oh, so there's a new type of visa these days oh i can't wait <laughs> <laughs> don't worry we, we'll, we'll get to that but uh, Speaking of yeah. the negative sides of uh, immigration, but yeah. not from the point of view of the place, but uh, for the immigrants themselves, culture shocks and assimilation, it's so, so difficult, mm-hmm. especially when you don't know the language of the country well and you face these difficulties wherever you go. Yeah. So and it's mm-hmm. very often it's just, you know, so hard and challenging that people, you know, they start to get depressed. They start to question, you know, whether they should have done this or shouldn't have done this. And... 
especially with people who are refugees, they can't go back. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. They've made their choice. So it's it's just, you know, extremely difficult sometimes to be to be an immigrant. Well, Ud, you just moved here, well, mm-hmm. well kind of what was six months ago six now. Months, yeah, I can't months. believe how quickly the time yeah, goes. Yeah, time Would you say you've had a huge culture shock or because you've lived in many countries, it's not mm, so bad? Actually, Russia is, I guess, one of the easiest one that I can adapt myself. Oh. Because in Turkey, we have lots of Russian citizens living in Turkey. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of used to them in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the only thing that I... I I feel myself a little bit stranded as a language barrier. Yeah. Mm. So, but I'm eventually start to kind of understand what's being said, and I'm trying to say a couple of words. So it's gonna be better. Mm-hmm. Do you find it? I mean, somewhat easy to to communicate in a shop if you need something, or I mean, have you ever been in that situation yet where you really need something and you've tried to communicate? Mm. No, you know, if I need something so bad and if I can't express myself, I just use my Google Translate and just, all right, can you please look at this? And all <laughs> yeah. right, then, the easiest way. Yeah, that's the easiest way. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah. I haven't had any kind of things. Yeah. Not well, yet. that's all right. Um, well, let's come back to, yeah, so positives and negatives of immigration itself. So, yeah. You know, my stance on uh, immigration, I'm, yep. okay, I am more uh, pragmatic about it. Yep. Because, okay, immigration is good if the people that you allow to enter your country are those who are, um, you know, well qualified and can contribute something great to mm-hmm. the society, to yep. the economy. Who at least value being. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Personally, I believe it should be based on merit. You cannot just come to a country and say, hey, I want to move to your country. But you have to, um, you know, present something to the table because they don't want to have any burden. That's what Canada has, doesn't it? They have the point system where you have to like apply for it. You answer the questions. Uh Yeah. Like, are you like married? What's your age? What's your experience and everything? Or as does the UK. Well, uh, just after we we um, left the European Union, it's it's going to a more points-based system. Well, maybe... Is it? I believe so. <laughs> that, 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 was, that was the pledge of the, the government at the time. That sounds very promising because one thing about Canada um, was that it was kind of easy because if you're a professional, you know that you're going to get enough points to be allowed to work there. Mm-hmm. Of course, you need to take, you know, the IELTS exam and everything. But still, it was very clear. It was transparent you have these many points. You don't have enough. Okay. Like you're Sorry, next too time. Bad. Oh, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. This is all visa stuff. We're going to move straight on to this. Yeah, we're going to... Well, it's not really a visa as such because then after this, you still have to apply for a visa. But at least, you know, at the beginning, before you even try to apply for anything, you see whether you oh, okay. can or cannot go and work there. Because then, you know, mm-hmm. you have this calculator basically. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you see, okay, not enough points. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, what she's talking about is not exactly about visa, but, you know, uh, the considerations for immigration, if yeah. you will be yeah. allowed or accepted. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, recently, obviously, well, always the topic of immigration has always been a very heated subject. Oh, God, yeah. yeah Speaking very- of which, yeah, I, I just want to continue. Now yeah. on the other side, yeah. um, I think that some people who immigrate, um, the problem is that they are unwilling to uh, adapt to the culture of their host country. Yep. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think that's fair because if you move to a country, um, you should be the one adapting yourself instead of the country 
adapting yeah. to you. Like I the mean, saying goes, when in Rome, do do as Romans do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that, like that, right? Yeah, yeah that's exactly yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. that's the problem with some immigrants is that they don't even want to learn the language, which is, you know, if you really respect the country, you would want to learn the language. At yeah, least, at least the At the very least, yeah. right. Yeah. And then um, not just that, you try to obey the rules, the law. Uh, of the country you don't just go there and break it and say anyway this is not how it goes in my culture but then again you don't you know mm -hmm. it's not your country anymore it's i mean you know it's another country and you you have to be able to follow the rules there mm -hmm. yeah i mean i, I sound very critical but <laughs> that's just the way it is um well a, a good word for our listeners um vetting procedure a vetting procedure means that you examine a particular individual for any discrepancies anything that might not be pos positive on their side so um does the philippines have a vetting procedure for for prospective immigrants or well i suppose we have but Unfortunately, I yeah. don't know. Yeah, yeah, I guess the yeah, procedure. I guess. Is. Well, you're yeah. on the other side, you know. Being <laughs> yeah, a citizen, yeah, yeah. you usually don't yeah. know what the rules yeah. are for your country. Turkey, do do you vet immigrants before they come into the country? Nowadays, everything is completely just. I think it's changing too fast. Change, yeah, yeah. So, yep. as far as I know, for a couple of months to now, they only need to show their um, residency in their own country mm -hmm. so it there's a kind of a selection process but i don't think that's kind of yeah. that strict process because everyone is going in turkey right now well, without coming back to the brexit when when brexit happened one of the biggest mm -hmm. um one of the biggest um factors behind britain leaving the european union was was immigration and the fact that mm -hmm. people could not be vetted if they were coming from the european union or if they were yeah, or if they had a European Union visa, um, so we could not do checks on them. But now, um, apparent well, if you come into the country illegally, you're not going to be checked yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm talking about. But, yeah. but this was, um, yeah, basically now you can be, <laughs> when you get to the border, you can be pulled aside and people will, will ask you a lot of questions. I remember many, many years ago, I, I was very lucky. I went to Canada um, we had a family holiday there, but I was not on the same flight as my family. And it, it was a beautiful holiday. But anyway, um, as soon as I got off the plane, the Canadian border authorities, they pulled me aside and they said, hey, what the hell are you doing here? You've got three passports. <laughs> this is <laughs> like, like what, why are you here? What are you, yeah, what, what are you trying to do? And, and I, I said, oh, no, I'm just here on holiday with my family. And they were really grilling into me. So, you know, yeah. you would expect it to be easier to travel with three citizenships, mm -hmm. you know. <laughs> but it, it didn't, they well, didn't like it. <laughs> but it's rather and, suspicious. But I thought it was strange because I had, luckily, thank God, I have a US citizenship. Mm -hmm. um, but, and I thought, okay, they're not really that suspicious of US and UK, mm -hmm. but, which was really interesting. So, yeah, they pulled me so aside. So, it's your Brazilian passport that they... Maybe. Yeah, but, but Brazilians are regarded to be some of the... friend. Well, I think there was a study somewhere, like some of the friendliest tourists in the world. Are, oh, let's go for Brazilian. that. So, so, I don't really understand that. But, yeah, it was quite... To be honest, I didn't really care. I wasn't that... I thought, okay, here's the Canadian border guard. He has to do his job. He has to make sure no one's bringing drugs into the mm -hmm. country or whatever. So, I, I didn't really care. But some people might um, <laughs> might not like that. 
Well, the thing is that with the border authorities, you also never know. I think that they're like checks and, you know, everything is so random. Mm -hmm. Yeah, true. Like, what's your logic? And I I wonder if, Mm -hmm. I don't want to say this, but I don't know if racism comes into play whenever Mm -hmm. they make their judgment. I don't know. Because, you know, let's be honest, um, even some countries, they say that they're very welcoming and accepting, but... You never know what's in the mind of uh, an individual, and they might see you like, "Oh, you come from well." This is this is I yeah. think this a is what is called country. unconscious bias. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So even even though they kind of you know deny like, "Oh no, we are not biased," and then the actions kind of tell otherwise. Mm-hmm. Looking yeah. at the person like, hmm, and coming Excuse from this me, country. Excuse me, sir. Random check. Yes. <laughs> right. You see? To be honest, I've had so many random checks yeah. on planes. <laughs> yeah. I haven't happened. had many, but some. I've had, I think I've had about four. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Something about I you. Don't is uh, maybe, uh, maybe, well, I don't know. Maybe, I was just mentioning before the podcast, I stopped drinking caffeine. <laughs> maybe because I was drinking too much caffeine and. <laughs> and they pulled me aside. <laughs> Were you shaking uncontrollably? Maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but okay. All right. So. Any other negative? Well, okay, let me quickly mention. So in the UK, um, one of the impetuses for... Impetus means like driving factors. So one of the impetuses for Brexit was the fact that a lot of people migrated from Romania and Bulgaria and they were manual workers. So they could work with their hands. And the minimum wage in Romania and Bulgaria is substantially lower than it is in the UK. Mm -hmm. And all the British workers... some of the British workers got upset because these Romanians and Bulgarians can do just as good of a job as as the Brits can, but they will charge a far lower wage. Mm-hmm. And this was bringing down... That's wage- a very good yeah. point because, yeah. well, if we're going to be honest and transparent about, uh, about it, even yeah. here in Russia, I think it drives down the wages mm-hmm. much lower. I, I mean, I'm not going to specify, you know, certain countries, but anyway, yeah. uh, once migrant workers who are, let's say, y- you know, come from less, you know, fortunate countries, mm-hmm. so they have lower salary and yeah. therefore... Yeah, it drives down the wages. And so yeah. the local people, they get mad about it because how come the salary is much lower now? Well, it's primarily yeah. because of these, you know, migrant workers. Yes. In the same way that, well, it's not just the wages or, or, or the salary, but also in terms of culture clash. Um, mm-hmm. You know what? When it comes to salary, I mean, if people are so mad about this, why don't you go and work? It's usually there aren't many like locals who are willing to do this mm. sort of job. Yeah, but well, yeah, that, that's yeah. another thing because like I, <laughs> we, we don't want to only have immigrants to clean toilets and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. That's another thing. Like, right. like yeah, because like yeah, I think British people should be able to clean the toilet <laughs> too. Like, <laughs> come on, you don't need to employ an immigrant to clean a toilet. <laughs> but but it is it is true. Unfortunately, in more developed countries, um, the the local population is unfortunately just lazy and you know i, I and remember one of the uh stand-up comedians uh, who was like you know a lot of people are you know complaining like immigrants are going to steal our jobs like honey if there is an immigrant who without knowing a language as much without connections mm-hmm. uh your posh education gets a job and you don't that's gonna say like that's something something about yourself and not them not that, right. yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so like oh yeah, I mean, a lot of people in the West, to be honest, are lazy. And <laughs> I mean, it's a huge generalization, but generally speaking, 
yeah, a lot of people from lesser developed countries are willing to go the extra mile to feed their family. And and in the West, well, we basically have everything served to us on a silver plate. Mm-hmm. And maybe that needs to change somehow. I don't know. <laughs> maybe that's <laughs> a way. Of, well, I don't know how to make something fair, how to make it fair for mm-hmm. It's a big question, and it's, um, yeah, but that's one of the reasons why Brexit, well, Brexit happened essentially was because of the wages. I wonder if that's going to be easier now to kind of get a work permit there in the UK because before that it was impossible to get impossible. I think it'll so- be the same to be honest with you. So basically, now European citizens are almost on, they're basically on the same level as anyone else from the world. So if you're from India. Um, it doesn't matter. You're now it's now the same as an Italian. In some ways, it's actually fairer for for the rest of the world. In some ways, but the downside to this is that um, Brits can't just work freely in in European Union countries, and mm-hmm. it's quite annoying if you're a British citizen. But at least from the perspective of equality for other immigrants, at least now someone from oh yeah, someone from India or Pakistan has the same rights as someone from Italy or from. France. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. Do you think, or another question, do you think that the world would be better if there were no borders? Oh, that's, that's a, you know, like a deep philosophical yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of hard boiled. Yeah, I don't know. Well, maybe yes, maybe no. On the one hand, it may be good in that um, we're able to visit each other's countries without, you know, restrictions. But then again, if I'm going to be, you know, pra- uh, pragmatic about yeah. it, I think we still need some borders because mm-hmm. let's face it, we have differences in terms of mm-hmm. cultural identities. Yep. Some, and that's why that's one of the reasons why there is a, a problem with immigration. As I've mentioned earlier, there's culture clash because, mm-hmm. you know, one, the, the local culture, sometimes they find it difficult to accept the, the new culture that comes into their country, because especially if this person doesn't want to adapt. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. okay. Um, I know this is a very sensitive topic. Uh, yeah. For instance, like religion, yeah, because yeah. I've seen this video on YouTube where, ah, well, I'm not going to mention the religion, I guess, yeah, yeah. but uh, basically this person was walking in the street yeah. and then um, uh, it's a local person. So yeah. it's, you know, British. And then he went to this area supposedly for that particular community yeah. and he was... Uh, or rather she dressed inappropriately in yeah. their eyes. Yeah. And so this girl was criticized. Like, why are you dressed like that? Because uh, you shouldn't be walking around here because this is our mm-hmm. community and you should be dressed more appropriately. Yeah. Y- y- you it see it what is I mean? true. Humans, whether we like it or not, we're all animals and we all have tribal instincts. And we all, whether we like it or not, it's just an unfortunate reality of our existence. And even if you bring everyone together at some point we're going to want to divide ourselves into little fractions and because even uh, a country itself it has its um like little groups if you know what i mean like you know Mm -hmm. community yeah yeah even in a school playground you have the goths you have the right (laughs) the emos you have the metal heads yeah the metal heads and the yeah. Sounds like a school from 2007. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Nostalgia>. <laughs> well, yeah, everyone. Well, so I guess from that perspective, but I guess, I mean, my opinion would be that, well, you have to organize public services and it's kind of difficult to do that if we don't have borders. Mm-hmm. So like, 
And there should be a kind of a security check or background check. If we don't have any borders, all right, it's it's great, something great. But right, you don't know who is coming to your country or you don't know who is going to be a potential danger to you yeah, or to your country. You see, right. So there should be a kind of background check or a criminal check, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Um All right, well let's let's move on to the juicy the juicy visas section. <laughs> I know a lot of our listeners will be interested um in knowing as, what's going on. So as I've mentioned before, the podcast started. That's yeah. my sole point at the moment. <laughs> Has been for well, the last two years. Maybe um our listeners want to go to America, maybe they want to go to England or Canada or somewhere in the English speaking world. And of course, um it's quite difficult as a Russian citizen hmm. to to um to get access to such countries. Katya, you have obviously a lot of experience with um, I wouldn't say a lot. Well with America. Some. Okay. With America, yeah, I do have some experience. So what what was the process obtaining an American visa? What did you have to do? So why don't we first well first of all we need to remember that there are different types of visas. Right. So I can only tell about my type of visa which is called J1 visa because three times I have three visas to the US. All of them were J1 which means I was an exchange student or a visiting professor. So some sort of well exchange of visiting professional which means that my visa first of all was um very limited in time. So I had my visa only for the duration of my contract, which was mm-hmm. nine months. So let's say nine months, nine months and like six months or something. So the process, well, my first visa was really easy to get because I did it through Fulbright, mm-hmm. the grant that I got. So basically you just send all the documents. Then one day all 30 of us went to the embassy, got our finger fingerprints, Okay, so the embassy in Moscow. So there's yeah, only... back in the day. Back okay. in the day. Mm-hmm. It was in Moscow. Then... Uh, but where ne- is it now? Is there a consulate where our listeners can go to? No. Mm-hmm. So my second visa, I I was lucky to get it in Yekaterinburg. But then all of the embassies, American embassies in Russia closed down. So we are now officially what is called a homeless nation. Meaning we don't have a single consul in the country. Mm-hmm. So which is a funny term, right? Like homeless nation. Yeah. Uh which means that now if you want to apply for a visa, first you need to decide what country you want to apply in. So and if you change your mind, oh well, that's going to be difficult then. So you choose a country where you want to apply, try to look at the forums whether, you know, they have a high ex- like um visa decline rate or visa approval rate. So then you create um you know like your profile on the website you pay your fees mm-hmm. which are rather you know rather high mm-hmm. i think for tourist visa though uh to the us it's now around 160 dollars mm-hmm. around 200 yeah. well, so so have you tried to, or have you tried to get to the go to the states no but my father just went there like four times with oh, business visa oh okay yeah. so what oh, was business his visa. business visa did, did he tell you what the process was what did he have to do actually mm-hmm. his company dealt all the process oh i love when this happens the, yeah regarding the visa so he he just gave his passport and just collect back in 20 days time oh that's amazing wow. and yeah they gave like 10 years visa for him so oh wow yeah yeah yeah. lucky guy so it's a business visa so he went like four times in there like but he has to only work for a specific 
Yeah, yeah, it it was kind of a the inspector inspecting job. The first yeah. one, and the second one is kind of a purchase something, yeah. the service or a kind of yeah. uh, material from there. So he didn't need to be there to work. So he was kind of an inspector. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's how it works. So dealing with yeah. So it's uh, one way for our listeners to get a visa, or mm-hmm. if you want to go to the states, you'd have to get. Well, best way to do is via an employer. And I guess you would have to go outside of the country. Oh yeah, perhaps. totally, totally. Yeah. Or you, you yeah. just get an invitation from a company. Yeah. Right. Well, actually, you know, I would say that it's easier to get a tourist visa mm-hmm. because you know employers have to pay for that. Who wants to pay for your visa and yeah. everything? All the don't, expenses. Don't, when, as a, when you apply for a tourist visa, do you have to show that you have a certain amount of money oh, in your yes. bank account? Oh yeah, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. you have to show that you have a certain amount um, in your bank account, but. Unlike applying for a Schengen visa for Russians, when you apply for an American visa, you do not have to actually never do, never show or never have the tickets and the booking because mm-hmm. that would be considered as pressure on the consul, immediate mm-hmm. denial. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. So you have only like, you know, some of your plan in your hand, show that you have enough money, show that you have some proof of, em- well, you show your proof of employment. Yeah. And, and like, you're going to come back. Yeah, so they need they need to see that you're going to come back, yeah. basically. Yeah. So yeah, you pay for your fee, and then you pray to all the gods mm. possible to yeah. actually get an appointment date. Mm-hmm. As of now, most of the country, well, there aren't that many countries that would accept Russians at the moment, but um, I think the nearest dates are about 2023, like February 2023. Oh, that's, that's mm. terrible. Sometimes, if you know the country where you want to apply and you're lucky, sometimes there might be like you know a cancellation, so they say. Oh, one spot available, like next week. Maybe have week an opening, you can come again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But then again, uh, let's say you want to apply for an American visa in Italy, mm-hmm. and you can totally do though do that. But you need an Italian yep. visa to go. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Ken, have you had any experience applying for? Have you ever tried to go to the states or to England? No. Well, obviously, a lot of people from the Philippines um, go to the states, and there's a big Filipino. Do you know anyone who's migrated to America from? <laughs> Actually, um, the ex-wife of my uncle. Yeah. Although we're not close, but um, she was able to make it there because you know she got married again to an yep. American citizen. And mm-hmm. although it, you know, of course, it's it also took some time because you know it's not like you know in a, in a snap of a finger he, yep. she could move there. Mm-hmm. But um, I think she's the only relative I have in America. Yeah. But uh, as far as applying for a visa, the only experience that I have is for work visa because I've never really applied for a tourist visa because mm-hmm. most of the countries that I have visited so far have been, you know, visa-free for Filipino passport holders. Well, I'm yeah. looking right now at a map of visa-free countries for Filipinos. Yeah, I was, I was just about to ask, yeah. what countries can you go visa-free? You know, that's interesting because <laughs> that's a problem when you are, well, I, I'm not even offended and I, you know, I honestly say it to my friends yeah. and even my students that, you know, some, but I might be slapped in the face by, you know, my fellow Filipinos if I say yeah. this. They're kind of far away right now. <laughs> <laughs> they won't be able to slap me yeah. literally. So um, third world countries, developing countries, call it whatever you like. The problem is um, there are only limited countries that they can go to. That are visa free. Yeah. So for instance, the Philippines, um, there are only 66 countries that we can go to, mostly in Asia, uh, Africa, and then Central America. Well, I can see here that 
Well, you taught in Kazakhstan before. Yeah. I can see here it says visa not required for, but I guess for work it's purposes. It's recently. Uh, it, it's recent oh, um, right. because before um, Filipinos couldn't even go to Kazakhstan, even for tourism, you know, purposes. We yeah. have to have a visa. Yeah. And um, of course, a work visa is different from just, uh, yeah. okay, so if I were to go to Kazakhstan now, of course I can because it's for tourism purposes. But mm-hmm. for work, definitely I still have to get a work visa. Yeah. And that's the only experience I have to get a work visa. <laughs> Nothing about, you know, mm-hmm. you know, for tourism. You know, I sometimes like, I'm okay with applying for visas and everything. I just wish it was easier and preferably less expensive. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's... it's it, it is kind of silly how like how much paperwork is involved. I mean, right. And when I applied for my recent visa, which I didn't get um, to the US, I had to pay an additional fee because it's like uh, exchange professor visa. So in total, it was three hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And then I couldn't I couldn't make an appointment. And by the way, so when, it's gone. When, it's when gone, you yeah. had to apply for your visas, did you have to get apostiles and paperwork and stuff like that? I needed that for my um, uh, visa application to Kazakhstan. Like yeah. I, I, I needed my transcript of records to have yeah. that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, stamp. And you can't, let's say if you're in a country already, you can't leave the country well, mm-hmm. you, ha- you have to leave the country to get an apostile. Yes. Isn't that true? Yes. Because there is this, um, I think it's called the Higher Treaty, something like that. This treaty means that if you get an apostile in one country, it will be recognized in all the other countries which are signatories to this treaty. But it also means that if you want to, let's say you're in a country and you want to continue living in the country, you want to get permanent residency, means you need to leave the country to get your for instance birth certificate apostiled mm. and then you have to come back and it's just a nightmare why so expensive we, we, we live in the digital age why can't <laughs> right why right? can't countries just communicate with each other that's what you call bureaucracy, bureaucracy. yes <laughs> and another word for our listeners is red tape red tape means bureaucracy mm. so there's so much red tape around around this and it's just a nightmare and and, and then, you know, if you are from a non-English speaking country, you have to translate all the documents, all the documents yeah. and then again, put a, you know, some sort of apostyle or verification yeah. that it's a, you know, translation performed by a professional translator. Mm-hmm. You can't translate it on your own and everything. And it's all so expensive. Like, oh yeah. my God. It's, it's a nightmare doing it. Well, Wait, what about, what about Turkey? What countries can you go to without a visa? Actually, I have a huge map over here. Actually, <laughs> actually, all nearly all the countries in Asian continent except China mm-hmm. and like Australia, we can't go there without visa. Australia, China, the other countries are all okay, and most of the countries in South America, we mm-hmm. can go there without visa. Like Canada and US just. They want a visa from us. Yeah. None of the European countries we can go without visa. Yeah. Oh. Only a couple of them, I guess, like Albania or Andorra. Yeah, I can or, see over yeah. here. Yeah, it's Albania. So, is it easy yeah. to get a visa though? Come again, sorry. Is it easy to get a visa? Like, is it fast process? Is it easy? Schengen, Schengen, Schengen areas, yeah. Yeah, but it depends. It, it, it depends on your purpose of visit. Mm. If you have a relative in a Schengen area, Schengen zone countries, that's kind of like four four or five days process. Mm, amazing. So they just check, all right, the, the relatives are available in 
in that country, so you can go free to go. And I guess Germany has a does it have a spe- well has a special relationship yes. with Turkey. Germany but- is the easiest one for yeah. European countries. So if you if you want to go there for study or for work, and if you have a solid proof that you can support yourself, that's that's easy to go there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. As far as I remember, I went to UK for a business yeah. trip mm-hmm. with a business visa, and it took like two two months to get the oh, visa. Oh, that's a nice British though. visas are so long to get. Yeah, I yeah. got my tourist one; it took like three, four weeks. Yeah, that was like that's awful. Two months yeah. before Brexit. Well, yeah. before Brexit. I have yeah. a question. Yeah, please. To all three of mm. you, what was it like to get a Russian visa? Like, you have okay, a Russian yeah. work visa. <clears throat> It's it's a it's a lot of paperwork. It's yeah. a lot of paperwork. And th- yeah. thankfully, the Big Apple School yeah. helped arrange most of it for us. Yeah. Thank you, school. It t- it's a, it's a headache for for everyone. So you also had but to get like some documents, styled and so on. I didn't. Luckily, not for no, work yeah. visa. Not for work. I didn't do that. Not for no. work visa, but you do need it if you want to get a residence permit here ah, in, okay. in Russia. But. Um, and, what I had to, yeah, t- tell me. And you also need to get, uh, a, I mean, a negative test yeah. result of exactly. HIV. Exactly. HIV. That's, yeah, yeah. That was the first thing. Oh, uh, so, yeah. yeah. So well, you had to get was the first thing. Yeah. Oh, you had to do yeah, it as I well. It, yeah. I had it, yeah. So it's in England is really expensive doing doing these things. Obviously, the NHS provides free healthcare for emergency situations mm. and whatnot. But if you need to get a HIV test, you have to do that privately. Mm-hmm. And I was looking everywhere, all across London. Interesting. And, and yeah. find, I found a place that the cheapest place but it was eighty pounds, oh, which is eighty. Yeah, eighty. Eighty quid just to get. Oh my god. HIV test and. Whereas this weekend in Novosibirsk, you can get it for free. Yeah. And mm-hmm. several times, mm-hmm. like not per month, but I think like every month you can get it for free. Yeah. So I had 80. to do that. Miles, yes, it's, yeah, it's a lot. So I had to do the HIV test. And I then, paid like. 10 or 11 US dollars or oh, something. Oh, lucky you. Yeah, that, that was all right. Yeah. That was all right. Did you have to do it um, in yeah. Kazakhstan? I did it in Kazakhstan. So you applied for the visa in Kazakhstan. Did you? Uh, have to- no, no, no. I applied in Thailand. But before oh, cool. leaving for Thailand, when I was still in Kazakhstan, I had to get my HIV, uh, HIV test there. Oh, right. Which was... Uh, actually really cheap i just can't remember it anymore i think because kazakhstan they also have like quite affordable prices for those sort of testing like we do here yeah so yeah (laughs) oh interesting that's really interesting yeah Yeah, but um, you don't need an hiv test if you're coming to russia on a tourist visa but if you're coming here for longer than i guess Mm -hmm. yeah well for for work purposes then yeah hiv test um yeah i i'm i guess maybe is the russian healthcare system overloaded with we have uh, an epidemic. More than one percent of the whole population of Russia is HIV positive. So I think that's why. Yeah, I guess they just want to control it somehow. So yeah, yeah. So, it's, it's, so okay. So anyway, yeah, we needed to, to to get HIV tested. And if you if you move here, um, if you want to get a residence permit here, it's, it's a whole other ball game. Getting the work oh, visa. I can imagine. Get, get, getting the work visa is it's it's somewhat complicated, but it's manageable especially if you have a, an employer helping you out. Mm-hmm. But if you want to get a residence permit, that's just a whole other... Yeah, There's so much paperwork. You have to get criminal records checked. Get well, that. that's, that's also that's reasonable. Okay. That's reasonable, but you have to get it apostiled and verified translation. Then you have to do the... Which I kind of agree with. You have to do the exam in Russian language, history. And well, again, that's law. the same in any country. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no, it is. It is. 
Well, um, I, I, I think the, you just have to be grateful that it's not Italy because they have thousands and thousands and thousands of years of history, which is kind of <laughs> taking more more time to learn than Russian no, to, history. Uh, to be honest, I'm not actually complaining about the Russian requirements for it because I think it's absolutely reasonable to, to have these requirements. It's just that the process takes forever if you're from a non-former Soviet country. Because That was yeah. what, what I was about to comment on because yeah. I have a lot of friends who are from Kazakhstan and they got Russian uh, citizenship and it was yeah. not... It wasn't that. easy. I was told. I mean, um, there was one who had to give like v- really thick, uh, like a mountain of, of documents, which I found, you know, interesting because I thought it would be easy coming from a former well, I Soviet mean, country. The documents, yes, but at least you don't have to take an exam, you know, either in language or in history. Mm-hmm. So but you, the, there is some sort of requirement of how long you have to live in the country and so on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Russians can work in former so most former Soviet countries, which is except for the Baltic states. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. So, you, if you want to go to Kyrgyzstan, you can go there. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or I guess Georgia has a different arrangement. I know a lot of Russians are moving to Georgia. That's it's. Can I'm live there not for one sure year. to be honest. Well, I heard that you can live yeah. as a Russian citizen. You can live in Georgia for one year. Same Might with Turkey. Yeah. And Turkey. Same, oh, same cool. with Turkish man. Yeah. Oh, you can. Cool. You can just. Go there with your ID card without your passport. And oh, you can interesting! Stay, you can stay one year up to one year if you want to settle or if you want to work with a yeah. company. One year free. You don't need mm-hmm. to do that. That's amazing. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So, but if we talk about the types of visas, so we mentioned the work visa. Mm-hmm. The in my case, there was exchange uh, professor or exchange student visa. Yeah. Uh, we have a student visa in America. It's like F one. Um, yes, yeah, so you have the visa. H1, the F1. What else do you have? Um, so there is a K1 visa to America. It's the fiancé visa. Yeah. Um, oh, there is a spouse one is a different one, by the way. Oh, just really? for our listeners. So K1 is just for fiancés, but uh-huh. then you have 90 days to get married officially. Mm-hmm. Since it's easier to get yeah, married yeah. outside of America from what I've heard. And then if you want to... If, guys, but if you then, want to marry an American, get that. married in... Um, um, maybe it's kind of debatable because then you have to apply for a different sort of visa and the spouse visa you know they have a different sort of rule you have to be married for at least a certain amount of time if I'm not mistaken wow. and that would be and the type of visa depends on you know your significant other type of visa because if for example I'm on J1 visa my fiance would need uh, or like my spouse would need J2 visa if you're an F1 visa your spouse would be F2 visa oh so it's a whole different, different thing. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's a labyrinth of Yep. So it's all different. Types. But there's one type of visa, one new type of visa that is um getting so popular in different countries, which is a digital nomad visa. Yes, yeah, I was just right. about to mention that. Yes, actually. Yeah. So but for some reason not that many countries offer such a I visa. think it's a new it's a relatively new concept. Mm-hmm. So After that's why COVID it takes maybe. it takes time. Yeah, I think that uh it got popularity, you know, before COVID, but that at that time, you know, it was not that widespread. Mm-hmm. And then during COVID, not many people had an opportunity to travel. So now more and more countries start to look into that. And I know I read um, I read some news just three days ago that Argentina is about to, um, you know, make this new sort of visa. It's still, you know, it's still, yeah, yeah, it's still under work, you mm-hmm. know, and everything. There, there are no details as to whether you need to have some minimum, you know, income to apply for that or anything. But they already say that it's going to be for six months with a chance to 
um, update it, you know, and prolong mm-hmm. it for six mm-hmm. more months. So yeah. that's, that's kind of, cool. you know, that's interesting. Cool. I, cool. I actually like that idea, although <laughs> when I checked the requirements and then I saw you have to pay for the taxes and I thought, I wonder how much, you know, uh, how many percent you have to pay for your taxes mm-hmm. because you could go to some really fancy places uh, such as Germany. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I don't know how much you have to pay for the tax. That's true. Yeah, that's so, true. well, I know Europe... Not that many countries actually offer it. I know Germany, Czech Republic, Croatia. Right. I believe Portugal offers one as well. Um, well th- th- there's a few countries. Well, definitely in Southeast Asia. So um, Thailand, Thailand uh, Vietnam, Vietnam, Indonesia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I mean, Argentina is soon to be added to the list. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why more countries don't just offer it i mean you're not yeah, exactly it, it's think, still new I yeah i think one reason is that it's still new second for example i have a student who went to spain yeah um she was on a tourist visa but she was still working there so she said why would i need to apply for any sort of like digital nomad visa mm. if i can just do that i can still work while being on a tourist visa mm. well if you get caught then you get in trouble no i don't know but i mean who who checks that or something i mean so yeah, it's it's all, you know, bureaucracy. You have to really look into that. Like, what does that suggest? Like having a digital nomad visa? Yeah. Well, a lot of people do illegally live in on other countries, live and work in other countries yeah, on right. tourist visas. Yeah. But if you want to deal with the authorities, if you need... Well, yeah, that's then, true. Then, then you need, or if you need to get a bank account, which you need to in some countries. Yeah. Then it's, it's like when I was on a J-1 visa in America, it was really specifically sad, you know, like... You are not allowed to have any sort of income while in the US apart from your employer. Mm-hmm. That's it. They found out you have any other income. Oh, God, you're screwed. Yeah. So that's why, you know, for example, even for American citizens, they now check your like PayPal, Venmo. Yeah. If you have more than $600 annual income or some sort of income coming through your PayPal or Venmo, mm-hmm. you're being you, have to, yeah. you have to file that. You have to file that. It's yeah. much stricter. Well, yeah, America is very strict, but it's, for some reason it's not strict if you come in through the Mexican border. Like, yeah, then, then mm-hmm. you see, then you don't. While we were talking yeah. about, uh, you know, all the visa stuff earlier, yeah. I was thinking like, why complicate your life? Just go to Mexico and go to the border <laughs> and then yeah. enter and say that you're a refugee or some kind of, you know. Yeah, it's getting stricter over there now. Yeah, although yeah, right now yes. So I mean, yeah, obviously it's not easy if you're in America illegally. Obviously it's not easy because you. A lot of states, um, well, California is pretty You mean easy. staying illegally? Staying illegally, yeah. Well, you know, I have, oh my God. If I had a dollar for every time I was asked a question, why don't you stay there in the US? So I would be really rich right now. But <laughs> they're like, you could have stayed illegally. I'm like, look, not, if you not stay illegally, yeah. I mean, people can do that and so on. But if you're caught, you're what deported. Next? You don't know that, yeah. You, you're not allowed to enter the country for mm. 10 years. Yes, it's true. Yes. Is yeah. it something I'm willing to risk? Hell no. Mm-hmm. I, I, well, Plus well, you're on a blacklist. Yeah. Uh-huh. I lived in Las Vegas, as some of our listeners might know. And I, I met like, a few illegal immigrants. And well, my neighbors came from El Salvador and they were all funny people. And, and I met a lot of people through them. And I met this one guy who became my friend and he was a legal immigrant in America. And he... Um, basically could not receive any funds in a normal mm-hmm. way. He, when he would receive a check, he would have to go to a check cashing mm-hmm. facility and Which pay, have crazy fees, yeah, pay a huge commission, like 20% commission. And mm-hmm. basically you have to I receive think it, a salary at 80% of his actual salary. And 
I guess it's yeah. always it always comes down to what you're leaving behind and whether you're ready for this sort of risk and everything. Mm. You have nothing to like lose and everything. Okay, fine. But last year, for example, it was or like two years ago, it was brutal in America. The ice was just getting everyone and deported like so, so many people. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God. So I think that doing things legally is just, you know, it makes you calm. Like, you know what you do. You know that you're doing it the right way and everything. Yeah. I think one way to cut down on legal immigration would just be to simplify the immigration procedures yes. in the first place. And if the immigration procedures are simplified, then there should be no excuse to illegally migrate somewhere. And if you do illegally migrate somewhere, then just apply for refugee status. Right. Well, just apply for refugee Obviously. status. Like, <laughs> well, come on, that's a huge step. Some countries... It's not too difficult. I mean, it's the thing is that it's not difficult doing that. You can easily apply for a refugee status. You're not allowed to go back to your home country. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, a friend of mine, she asked for asylum. She's a refugee now in America. She's been there for five years. All these five years, she's still waiting for the trial and everything. Yeah. But all these five years, she hasn't seen her family. Her mom has applied for American visa four times. Denied. And the last time she was directly told, look, while your daughter is in there, there's no chance we're going to let you in. And I guess well, as an asylum, is she allowed to work? Well, I guess she has to be allowed she has, to. She has a work, but the first year you're not allowed to do anything. So you so get how do you, doc- how do you live? If- right. Uh, you either do that illegally or you have some sort of relative. So she had an aunt. Hmm. So she was the lucky one. So, but after a year, she got a work permit, you know, a driving license, all that. So now she's basically, she has almost the same rights as a citizen. Only that she can't vote, you know, do stuff like yeah. that. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, but you were saying, like, that's it. You're closing the door. Like, you can't get back to your country. You can't see your family unless you meet on another territory in another country. But then until she has the trial, she's not allowed to leave the country. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. But also, yeah, I guess it's kind of tricky if, if you're seeking asylum and you're from halfway across the world whereas you, if you're in mexico seeking asylum in america that's one thing because it's a neighboring country but if you're from i don't know afghanistan would it be for instance worth going all the way to america well if you're from afghanistan it's going to be worth going anywhere but yeah anywho <laughs> yeah that's a pretty scary situation right now a lot of people also told me like you could have applied for an asylum like in that country or in that country i'm like i'm i don't want to do that Mm-hmm. I don't want to not have a chance to say goodbye to my parents. Right. You know, like my my mom now, like she's she's almost 60. I do not know how much she has left. I mean, life, it's life. Yeah. So, and I don't want to have, not to have an opportunity to say goodbye. Like that's too much. Yeah. I'm not ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's not, I guess it's not as easy as. No, <laughs> it's easy <laughs> to apply, yourself. but it's yeah, not but easy to, to deal with. Yeah, that. after you've received the, the status. It's, yeah. yeah. All right, well, yeah, deep subject. Um, well, guys, if you have any, well, we're not immigration lawyers, <laughs> so we can't give you immigration advice. But if you have any questions or suggestions, or you just have a question about a language point in, in this podcast, please let us know in the comments section. We'll obviously love to hear from you. And if you want to find some more podcasts like this one, just check out the Big Apple School website, which is www.bigappleschool.com. And there you can also find other articles and other interesting stuff. And also do subscribe to our social media platforms, including Telegram, where you can receive um, very frequent updates as to what's going on here at the school and you can receive interesting language, articles, etc. So that's it for today, guys. Thank you very much and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. See ya.